a Pulp MX Network production. The only athlete-to-athlete podcast in the sport. Questions from a different perspective. The hard questions you want answered about training, riding, and being a professional athlete. Not only in motocross, but in other sports realms as well. Welcome to Shifting Gears, the Zach Osborne Podcast. I'm Zach Osborne, host of the Husqvarna Shifting Gears Podcast, as well as rider for Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing. I love my race bike, but it's not the only model I love from Husqvarna Motorcycles. They offer a whole range of off-road and street motorcycles. When you don't want to have to load up just to go for a ride, a dual-sport motorcycle is the perfect way to get your fix. Explore the trail beyond with the FE250, which delivers a more intuitive riding experience. And right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is offering as low as 0% financing on select dual sport models. Head to your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer and learn more. How's it going, folks? Zach Osborne here, the host of the Husqvarna USA Shifting Gears podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. I really appreciate it. This show is presented by Skosh Incorporated and Fly Racing USA. Thank you guys for uh, your support and your continued um, listening to the show. I appreciate it. I feel like it's uh, continuing to progress and get better, and I hope you guys feel the same. This episode uh, with Caleb Russell is super cool to me because Caleb and I have been friends for a long time, and... uh, We've grown as friends over the last couple of years that, that he's been coming here to the Baker's Factory and training with us, uh, riding some motocross and whatnot, and um, we just uh, really enjoyed having a chat and sitting down and reminiscing a little bit, and and yeah, you know, I learned some things about him that I didn't know, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, again, this is the Husqvarna Shifting Gears podcast presented by Scotian Fly Racing. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Yeah, race fans, we're here with Caleb Russell on the Husqvarna USA Shifting Gears podcast. I'm the host, Zach Osborne, and uh, thanks for listening. Caleb, thanks for coming on and uh, doing this today. Yeah, man. It's uh, always an honor to grace your presence. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, and uh, be hanging out, but yeah, it's fun. We're here in hot as crap, Claremont, Florida, sitting in my garage, which is not air-conditioned because the kids are running wild in the house, but... Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your uh, summer program. Obviously, you guys are on summer break right now from GNCCs, but you're here grinding it out. Oh, uh, man. <clears throat> I don't know why I keep coming down here, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's, uh, it seems like it, it year by year, it kind of gets a little easier for me here and there. Um, first year definitely caught me way off guard. You weren't here yet, but it was uh, Dunge and uh, Marv. But, man, it was just a full-on suffer fest for me the whole time, so... I get a little bit better and a little bit more in tune with the climate and what we do and how we ride and everything. So it gets a little easier, but it's still it's still always hard. Like I tell everybody, it's like <clears throat> how hard's Alden's program? I'm like, it's really it's not that hard. The the riding is the hardest part. Yeah, I I agree with that 100. percent I think. Um, people are like oh you must be used to the humidity i'm like well you don't really get used to the humidity like it's always on you yeah i mean it's it's um, unreal down here just another level i know like back home in north carolina it's hot and humid but it just seems to uh, it's just uh, on another planet here in a, in, in a way so yeah you said something the other day that uh, kind of struck me as as funny but also true like uh uh it's 
this is a hard way to make an easy living, which is yeah. is kind of true. I mean, you don't really have to put yourself through this whole summer grind, but you choose to, and I, I um, applaud and admire that. It's it's you know you could be kind of beaching it and doing your own thing right now, but you're hammering. Yeah, for sure. I you know it's it's I, I've gotten a lot wiser in the last you know four five years. I'd say in my racing career. Um, I, you and I are both the, the same age and kind of opposite ends of the spectrum and what we do. But, uh, yeah, when I was, I mean, five, six years ago, I, I would take the summers off like completely and not do anything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had no worries in the world. It seemed like as far as coming back to racing, it was just, oh, I got to race in a couple of weeks. It's no big deal. <laughs> start I, riding again. Yeah. Start riding again and doing whatever. And, um, now my, my mentality has changed. And if, you know, if I'm not on the bike and training like regularly and, in some sort of structured program, like I, I get a little bit like nervous and caught off guard and unsure about things. So, but before I was like, it never even crossed my mind. I just hop on, hop on the bike and go, you know, it's not really any structured training, just fly by my seat day by day kind of guy. So, um, it's definitely brought a new perspective into my, my life and the way I go about things. And, um, everybody keeps stepping it up. And I think that's why I kind of choose to come down here is, you know, I want to keep winning and I want to stay at the top and I don't think I could if I, if I didn't do it this way now. Yeah. It's almost like a mentality switch. I I would say like, yeah, I I think it's a lot brought on by age. Like things are catching up with me a little bit quicker now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's hard. Like I, you, I, like I was talking the other day, man. You, you lose fitness so quick. I just got came from the beach, you know, for ten days, and um, man, it's like it's, it's like I hadn't done anything all year. My first day back, so it's uh, it's crazy how quick it comes and goes. And um, luckily, it comes back around pretty quick as long as you don't give it too much time off. Right. But, uh, Man, I tell you what, it, it does. It sure does go fast uh, the older you get, and I've realized that. And um, yeah, that's the important important part of me uh, coming down here a couple few times throughout the year, and um, just staying on top of things. That way, when I do go back to racing, it's uh, you know I'm fresh and ready to go. Yeah. Do you feel like that was more you know is more of an age thing, or just like you tasted that program? you know that sort of consistency in the program with alden when you came the first time and and that kind of shifted your mentality or just like age and realizing what you're actually losing during that time off and all that i think it's that's a very good question because i think it's a little bit of both um i think the age does play a little bit of a role in a way but it definitely the mentality because you can you live and die by your mentality for sure um however you your your outlook on things so if if you get caught up in thinking this is the only way to do it then that you should go and do that because you're gonna if you try to do it a different way it's never gonna work out so um like i said before like my mentality was just you know ride here and there and (laughs) go to the race and and try try to be all right i mean uh it's, it's just it's like yeah it's all about your mentality and as you get older your mentality changes and yeah life's perspectives changes so have you noticed a difference in your consistency and and sort of results since that shift or not really i, I feel like you're more consistent now yeah for not sure. that you weren't consistent before but you're like always winning now more or less <laughs> i wouldn't say always winning i i probably haven't done as much winning this year as i have or in the last couple of years i have in the past but um 
Yeah, I, I'm definitely way more consistent uh, as far as race management and throughout the entire year and every event that I go to. Um, where before I would be, you know, hit or miss on certain days, you know. There's uh, I, I'd seem to always start off the year pretty strong, and, and then I'd get to uh, about June and I'd, you know, have a just an oddball race where I couldn't even come close to the the top guys or you know i'd have to settle for a fourth or a fifth and you know nowadays i've been able to manage that a lot better i still kind of hit this lull in june yeah for some reason i don't i don't really know why or i I think it's a a lot of mentality you're just kind of expecting it i'm came to expect it now but which i need to get rid of that (laughs) but um but yeah so this year i i have i've had one bad race so far that I consider bad, and it was second, and I completely got destroyed by Thad. And um, but I still was able to get second, and uh, that's huge. Yeah, be that far off and still get second um, on a ba- on what you would consider. Yeah, a, what I would consider day. a really bad day. So awesome. Well, let's uh, take a little step back and and go to the beginning. Like I've known you since you were, you know, since we were ten or twelve, something like that. How did you get started, and like what was you know, obviously your dad was a super successful off-road racer as well, and um, he is still involved in the sport heavily, and, and uh, especially with the Six Days team and GNCC racing in general. But, uh, yeah, give us a rundown on just kind of where you started. Um, you know, I was just, uh, you know, a kid that liked riding dirt bikes for the most part. I was never a good mini-cycle rider, and... You know, I was kind of, I grew up with my mom in Ohio. My my, uh, my dad lived in West Virginia. So there for the longest time, I didn't even have a bike at my house. I would only ride when I'd go to my dad's. And that was probably up until I was about seven or eight or maybe eight or nine. And then uh, I finally got a bike at my house and just started doing some more District 11 racing. And That was motocross or No, or that, was all, that was off-road. I did a little bit of motocross when I go to my dad's, but uh, my mom wasn't super keen on me riding motocross for some reason. Um, the only place I was lo- allowed to ride motocross was uh, at my grandpa's track, Sunday Creek Raceway. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I was like I said, I was never really that good of a rider. And, but... Uh, I just remembered I was always, like, that's all I wanted to do. That's all I had my mindset on doing. Like, even up until I was, you know, 14, 15 years old when I started, like, getting better. Like, um, the structure back then, there was, there's absolutely no structure. It was just ride for fun. And, but all I, I, like, thought about all the time was riding dirt bikes. And, um, I never let anything kind of deter me from, uh, the end goal of just obviously one day it was going to be my job. I right. just, I never, never thought that that's not what I was going to do. <laughs> what did you start out as the end goal being a job in, in off-road or in, in motocross? Um, I probably, uh, cause I grew up going to the GNCCs. Like I said, I very rarely rode motocross or race motocross until I was about, uh, 17. And then, um, kind of got away from my mom, like, 
being scared of me riding motocross. So um, I started riding a little bit more. But, yeah, I would say it was mainly GNCC just because I was around it when Rodney Smith was winning and Fred Andrews and Barry Hawk. That was kind of a golden age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just kind of surrounded by those guys, and I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to ride a motorcycle. It didn't matter what I was going to do, motocross or off-road. But at that point, it was, you know, I'm getting better at this, and so this is what we're going to do. And so that's kind of how I got led into off-road and it's you know I haven't really become a good motocrosser until the last several years you know I used to think I was a pretty pretty good motocrosser <laughs> but um I came down here and got demoralized um when I thought I was ready to do it and uh, I definitely wasn't and I'm s- still not even uh, ready to do it but uh I'm way better now than I probably ever have been and uh I keep getting better off-road too so that's a, a huge gain um like I said, it's I keep getting better all around rider the older I get. So you know, who knows how long I'll uh, be able to keep this keep up. going, keep the progression like uphill. Yeah, uh, that's good because it takes me to one of the listener questions. Um, please ask Kr to explain the similarities and differences between training and racing for GNCC versus motocross. Like a lot of people would probably think, you know, why is he down there riding with motocross with those guys? Like that seems a bit silly or a bit like off topic if you will like how does that translate um it's really it's really hard to explain it's at the end of the day i look at it like this like at the end of the day i'm still riding a dirt bike doesn't matter what you're doing you're gonna get some sort of uh, benefit out of riding a dirt right. bike um and with you guys and riding on a motocross track all the time uh it definitely raises the intensity and uh you know i get the question all the time like, do you think off-roads is as intense as motocross? And I used to answer is, and yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty close, but, um, and I still do think it is like, at, like Thad and I's level is pretty intense when we get going. But, um, at first, you know, cause we don't get to practice the track. So it's a little bit less intense cause we don't know where we're going. Right. And so we know where we're going, but we don't know how, what everything's going to feel like. Exactly. So we, we can only go as fast as the track will allow us to. Right. And we're still trying our butt butts off from corner to corner you know yeah but uh it's there's so many more variables in off-road that don't allow you to go a hundred percent all the time so that whereas in a motocross track you know from corner to corner you got nothing in your way you got no roots got no rocks like it's just all traction for the most part yeah so um where was i going with this (laughs) i already lost my train of thought but uh I, I think the similarities between the two are, you know, obviously GNCC is 100% endurance sport. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing it for so long, I've got this built up, you know, like immune system for it. Like, base almost. Yeah, I've got this huge base that my body is used to doing it and used to being able to produce um, and and allow me, allow myself to, you know, kind of control the race at, at my pace. Um, at each event whereas a motocross you know it's there's no rest anywhere and because like i said in off-road we're still going fast and still trying as hard as we can but we got these little breaks here and there like we'll jump onto a fire road and you got 10 seconds of rest like right. that's huge it's breathe or whatever yeah so um 
there's all sorts of ways to like take rest and off road where you don't get that motocross and that's where i found is the hardest thing for me to like kind of overcome is it's just all out for 30 minutes and i found that harder for myself than a three-hour gncc so do you feel like that like uh all out level from the get-go helps you on your first laps in gncc like with a little bit more of uh being comfortable being uncomfortable if you will yes it it does for sure that's um a very good point um yeah as far as like our first lap because like i said you don't know what anything's gonna feel like per se you guys ride the tracks for those who don't know on mountain bikes and whatnot for two or three days prior to well just uh the saturday before i usually do it like two times so we we've got like two laps on the track on a bicycle right which is uh obviously you're it's not the same speed as a motorcycle so you're not going to be able to and the track changes so much by the time we even get to it because there's another thousand riders right after in the, the morning quad, so yeah um yeah it, it helps out big time though because I'm, I'm i get used to like the intensity down here and the speed of how fast you guys go those opening laps and uh, i just become a little bit more accustomed to it and it definitely transfers to that first like lap and a half of the race because say um i get out front and you know i do feel good like i can kind of just hammer it and go and like if i I can make a buffer of you know 15 20 seconds that's pretty huge and try to maintain that but uh even if i'm not feeling the track like 100 percent, i can still like back it off and follow follow those guys and right not waste any energy being on more efficient yeah. yeah so there's definitely there's it's a given give, give and take relationship with the off road and motocross um, combined there like the outlook on it but for me like I said I, I keep getting better at it I keep seeing progression and you know that's 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 all it, that's all I need to, to to keep doing what I'm doing and try to try to get a little bit better each year each time I come down here I, I always see improvement in uh, some area. Nice. Um, I mentioned your dad a little bit earlier. How much of an influence has he been, you know, from the get-go to, you know, the middle part to now, like, in your day-to-day? Or um, how much did he push you as a kid? Like, what, what's the deal there? Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> really strange dynamic, <laughs> really. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, he, he's a, an old-school type of dude. He, he was brought up hard by his dad my grand my grandpa howard and um you know is it was always like you know if this is what you want to do we'll do it but um it's like i'm only going to take you so far like you got to do this on your own you got to make it your own so i remember my last year in school or whatever i was 17 and um this is probably really what like kind of low-key like catapulted my career and uh jump-started me to get me like moving in the right direction is um yeah like i said i was 17 and i was kind of acting up in school and stuff and he was he was starting to pull the plug and um yeah he pretty much straight up told me he's like this is this is the last year i'm gonna you know support you this is this is it it's like if you want to do it you gotta you gotta do it on your own and you gotta figure it out so um right after high school i uh left left home and packed up my stuff and moved in with uh, my girlfriend's family and i was planning on getting an apartment but they're so nice of people like i just moved in and been there ever since but we got our <laughs> never own place left now farm. but yeah we just never left the farm but yeah i was on my completely on, on my own i like <clears throat> thought my thought you know my dad was like disowning me in a way but uh no it was a lesson learned and um life's tough and like i said if if it wasn't for that 
uh, me doing it on my own like that, I probably definitely wouldn't be here where I, where, where I am today because it did make me strive a little bit harder and yeah. and work at it to actually earn it. Because, like I said, like he was he was dumb paying for everything and anything, and I had a little bit of support from KTM and. That was right when the economy just tanked and hit the wall, and I was making um, my my deal with KTM at the time was just bonuses only, and I'm offered bonuses or junk to begin with in a way. But so it was like five thousand dollars for a win, and I hadn't won an XC2 race yet. That was '07. This was um, going into '09, so this was at the end of '08. Oh, okay. I graduated high school in '08, so going into '09, <clears throat> factory XC2 rider. And uh, like I said, bonus only contract, a one year deal at that. And um, yeah, so before we, like three weeks before the first race, um, we get an email f- from uh, KTM and our bonus structure got cut by like 40%. <laughs> so. So then they're even even better. <laughs> yeah, then they're, the bonuses were even better. So it was basically like it was pennies for it, or it was like a few hundred dollars for third place, and I think second place is like fifteen. I think the win, if I can, if I remember correctly, it might have been three grand or thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. So like when that's all you're making, you better win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fly Racing believes that our highest obligation is to provide the best products to riders worldwide. With the Formula Helmet, Fly Racing set out with one simple goal. Deliver the most technologically advanced, highest performing motocross and off-road helmet the world has ever seen. Five years of development later, that dream has been realized. Check out formula.flyracing.com to learn more. That That's what, you know, I had some moments like that, obviously, where the rubber met the road. And, and yeah. that's the times where you... You, you find out who most. you are. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You, you, the the you can either swim or sink or swim. You know, and, yep. and that's like a super old school saying. But I I kind of felt like there was something there. Um, but now I feel like your dad's you know epically proud of you and and happy with your career. Yeah, no, for sure. He's he definitely is. I can tell. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was it, it's just one of those things. Is you know I I hope that. Um, uh, I don't ever have to really go through that with crew because I love them so much, and I don't want to have to do that to them. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> you know, if, when it's time, it's time. So right. it's uh, it's just one of those things. It's like I said, it's life, and life gets tough. And yeah, it's definitely you gotta you gotta put yourself you gotta be thrown in those sink or swim situations before you really truly find out um, you know who you are and yeah. how you're gonna make it. Uh, you're a five time champ at this point, right? Six. Six time champ. Okay. I totally <laughs> messed that up in my notes, but no, it's all right. six time champ, uh, most wins of all time. Yep. How, like what's what's next in the GNCC scene? <laughs> like you're the GOAT. <laughs> I mean yeah, the uh so um Eddie Lojack has nine championships and I know KTM it's it's a goal of mine to try to get there. Yeah. It's gonna be tough. I can do seven this year. I'm in a pretty good position to make number seven. But um yeah, man, it's it's crazy to think. I remember when I won my first one. It doesn't seem like that long ago. It's crazy how you know time just kind of you know you you turn around and you got all these wins and all this and uh, you you just turn around. It's all just out the window. Like right. you just one day, you know, day to day. It's just you you win a race one day, the next day it's gone. So you can't you What's can't next? grasp I'm these things yeah. and hold on to this these wins. So. Um, Man, it's tough. Like I said, I just—it's crazy how quick time flies by, and um, 
um, I want to I want to try to keep going. You know, I got another uh, another good little while on my contract with KTM Off Road, and you know, I personally have other goals and uh, that I'd like to try to meet. And I know it's I've been talking with Auntie. I w- I'd like to try to do some more motocross and uh, kind of do a little bit of crossover here and there, and still focus mainly on GNCC, but do more motocross because, like I said, it keeps I keep getting better at it and. I, I do keep progressing, and it helps me in the GNCCs as well. So um, definitely not going to quit GNCCs. I know everybody like hits me up on Instagram like, "Oh, leave quit quit off road and go where the money's at motocross." I'm like, I'm like, dude, like you don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, there's money in motocross, but not for me. I mean, no, that's not true. I mean, there is, but it would be hard. It would be hard for me to come up with the same sort of money race in motocross I do yeah, off road for sure. I understand that. And, and to and to make it, but worth don't sell yourself it, short. You're pretty dang good at dirt at motocross. Yeah, I I understand that too. But I, I look at guys that are barely making it by a motocross. I'm like, man, can I actually re- can I even really beat beat them? And but um, I, I feel like with more time I could. But that's that's the thing. I'm running out of time. Yeah, I understand. So. But uh, but yeah, there's it's just one of those things, man. I just I can't give up what I got to to go chase this just this dream at this age, and uh, you know I got to provide for my family and um, I got to got to put them first. I don't blame you. I mean, dude, you're ma- you're killing it. You're making a good living, doing something that you enjoy and something that you know that you've you're basically in the dream situation at this point. From what you told me earlier to to where you're actually at, and yeah, to give it up to just you know throw it away and go chase a motocross dream would almost be silly in my opinion yeah because i i would like i said as much I, if 10 years ago if i had the same skill then as i do now i'd probably for sure all day long go the motocross route just because um you know i don't know what i know now right <laughs> so but uh that's not the case but like i said it, it's everything happens for a reason and i like i said i keep getting better um i keep progressing i keep getting better at what i actually do my day job and uh you know it's just a dream scenario really to be able to you know if you would have told me you know five years ago that i'd be training with Alden baker yeah at the baker's factory i've been like you're crazy yeah you know so but i know you've been like why would i do that yeah why would i do that <laughs> yeah exactly why would i go do that I'd, I'd probably want to or try to check it out but he probably would have kicked me out five or six years ago to be honest <laughs> with you but he still wants to kick us all out on I a know, daily every basis. day anytime somebody rides across the grass you're done <laughs> yeah. see you later yeah uh so obviously you know you mentioned that you still have some goals in gncc and you loved you would love to do more motocross um but you mentioned your family and and supplying for them, providing for them. You have a small son, crew, wife, Chandler, and another baby on the way. Um, How has that changed your outlook? And and did it was crew or thereabouts kind of a time where you took a step maturity wise, or not really? Yeah, I th- I think you do grow up quite a bit. Um, we weren't ready to have kids. Just kind of one of those things that happens. And, yeah. Um, I wouldn't change a thing now. I, I mean, it's pretty awesome, really. I, I, I was the type of person that was like, man, do I even really want kids? Like, this and that. Like, I was never good with kids. Yeah. Um, and I'm still not great with kids, but I've gotten a lot better just from having my own. So yeah. It's different with your own, too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different with your own. But I, I can I, – I'm a lot – better off like say hanging out with your kids like i'd be like kind of awkward and like shied off at first you know just the kids are a little bit awkward sometimes because they don't have a filter they just do whatever they want so 
or say whatever they want, do whatever they want at any given time. So, um, but no, it definitely matures you and uh, definitely makes you see things in a different light. And uh, yeah, you're just trying to do do good for them and raise them and a manner you were raised or how you see fit so i i know it's it's um there's a lot of bad influences out there and you want to try to be that that rock in their their shoes so yeah definitely um what about six days dude like i know you've always kind of been not anti six days but um it's not your favorite event of the year no not is that just mo- is. mostly because the amount it's not a, it's not a joke as to how much work goes into it not only for the rider yeah, but for the ton. teams and for the ama for everyone like what, what what's your thoughts my my biggest bugaboo with six days is just it's we don't we don't have that type of racing here right and, and the tires sort, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, the tires and just it, there's so many things about it. Like every, it seems like no matter what country you go to, it's a damn desert. Like yeah. you know, I'm not a desert guy at all. Like I tried that last year and I got smoked. <laughs> and I'd like to like keep. I'd like to do that and get better, but I'm honestly better. I'm a better motocross rider than I am a desert rider. So. I don't blame you, dude. Some of the desert stuff looks gnarly. Yeah, I mean, when you're going 100 miles an hour, like, dude, that's it's insane. So when you when you don't grow up doing that, or even do that four times a year, like to go do it once a month, like at a race, one off. Yeah, it's it's tough. But even though six days and 100 miles an hour, it's not fast. But it's always sort of deserty terrain. It seems like we get thrown in that grinder. That yeah. But uh, you know, it's just. Yeah, dusty yeah. and yeah, just awful conditions and bad layouts and sketchy and you know just these countries that are just not optimal. Toward, it's not what we're used to at all. But um, I, I just seem to struggle and I I struggle to get motivated to do it sometimes too. But I do enjoy it. I like I like to be able to go represent the USA and the the team atmosphere. But but it's it's just uh, a scary event because you walk these tests and then you you go all out and it's just sketchy. It's scary. It's um just throwing caution to the wind. You know those first first couple of days or even when you're on a new test for the first time. It's yeah. like I said, you 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 only get to walk the test and you can only remember so much. Right. You can you can remember a lot of it, but not every little turn. And that yeah. one you forget might be the one that gets you. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I, I seem to go over there like every year and like it's it's a it's a grueling event event because you're on the bike from anywhere between five to eight hours in a day, depending on how they have it laid out. So you get beat down and and it just it beats you up and like it's so easy to crash and lose concentration in those tests and hurt yourself like i've gotten hurt so many times over the years and uh even injuries that um so for example like this last year at unadilla when i crashed in the motocross and hurt my shoulder uh, you know once i w- went and got it like checked out like come to find out like my shoulder's been trashed for like three years now and i like it was the last straw it was the final straw on the yeah at unadilla yeah at unadilla so you know and the only i think back to like at six days i think in spain when we won the championship like i crashed on day two and smacked my shoulder really hard and like i i just remember being pretty jacked up there but i never went and got it looked at you know you, I, yeah. i'm not gonna not stop i'm not gonna stop racing because my shoulder hurts a little bit so right it's yeah, so you 
and then in 15 I blew my knee out and like I said it's just it's all out like going as hard as you can and yes it's just when you don't do it all the time it it, it becomes um a little sketchy and uh, a little hair hairbally so yeah for the for the motocross geared listeners they might not understand like what you mean by there's not much of that type of race in here now we have sprint enduros which are sort of the same but totally not the same because you don't have any transfer trail you don't have any you know it's it's six tests a day but you're riding for you know 30 or 40 minutes compared to six or eight hours you yeah. know um one thing that strikes me about you guys when I ride trail or have ridden trail with you before is like how quickly you can read the the terrain or the dirt or the route that you're going to like that that's something that I feel like would take years and then when you mentioned the the desert thing I feel like that's a whole nother you know that's that's just as different to you know what you do yeah as what i do to what you do you know so it, exactly it's a learn almost a learned skill but over 15 years yeah it's just what you get comfortable with like i said feel is everything and um you know you you get comfortable feeling how stuff reacts at 80 to 100 miles an hour you're obviously you're going to be fine with it yeah going at high speeds and stuff so and off-road or in GNCC, like roots and rocks and stuff, like I don't exactly know how my bike's going to react, but I got a pretty good idea. Right. So that's and that's where it all comes from is just laps and time on the bike, like in the woods and just knowing. That's why, you know, I get a lot of questions like, how much do you ride in the woods? I don't hardly ride in the woods any at all anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe um, I'd say 70% of what I do comes from a motocross track or sand track or something like that. So... Um, I just kind of ride in the woods to test and try my bike out, like test suspension and, um, you know, just kind of keep it keep more like on preseason. It. Yeah. Stuff. And uh, other than that, like it's I, I ride on the motocross track because it's actually less dangerous to me. And for some reason, like I feel like for me to get the same workout in the woods, like I feel scared when I practice. Yeah. I don't have the same focus and in, in the in the same uh, demeanor as when I when race day comes. Yeah. So if you hit one route wrong just a little bit, like get sent smack into a tree, tree, smack your shoulder, and yeah, like it, it ends bad. So out on the motocross track, you know, as long as you don't have a bike malfunction on a, yeah. on a jump or whatever, it's a little bit harder to get hurt at. To be honest, as long right. as you know, racing incidents are different because you got more people around. But yeah, yeah, just straight up practicing, I feel like it is a little safer and more productive. Yeah, back to the six days thing. You mentioned the the win in Spain. You're part of the first ever winning American six days team. Um, I was part of the the second team to ever get second, and I know what a celebration and like a, an accomplishment that was. And yep. and to be on that team and to have your name on that has got to be pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it it's really nice, and uh, I think we're all probably the most the most happy for auntie because he's put so much work and dedicated so much time to getting the uh the trophy team or the u.s trophy team effort that they give now like up and running and he had like a three-year plan that turned into like an eight-year plan and <laughs> like just never it was always just a little short we'd always come up a little short like whether it's we'd always have 
some little some bike in, incident or somebody break down or somebody get hurt and it was just like it's like it wasn't meant to be and we finally like pulled together and pulled it off and um and with a team that wasn't ideal at the time either because our one of our main guys ryan sipes got hurt literally the day before we go to fly out he broke his arm and uh we got lane michael uh was our our first choice after that because he was already there basically because he was already he was already well he wasn't already there he was already at the race and he had his passport and he rode a husky at the time and he rode had the same gear as ryan so so just everything about it worked out and lane went and did a great job and kept her on two wheels and uh yeah because the year before that he crashed out the very first test and broke his wrist so, so it was a big it was a big roll of the dice really. roll of the dice for sure it was like well here we go again before we even get there we're like throwing yeah. it away it seems like but no he did a good job and it was a tough week because there's a lot of diverse weather conditions and um team italy was right there like until the very last day or till day five like the the very last test on day five i think the dude crashed um on the sketchiest test i think i've ever ridden (laughs) and uh hurt himself so they uh we pulled out a pretty big lead then but it still wasn't over we still had day six and anything can still happen like one guy breaks down you're done so yeah dude it's crazy i mean it's a crazy race it's crazy hard to just do good individually let alone get you know i when i did it with six guys now it's four guys to to the finish line uh healthy and with no mechanicals and and just in one piece yeah it's it's a lot of a lot of time a lot of hours on the bike and i mean that bike's just pretty much roached it's like doing a 24 hour race on that bike you know uh in in one day but throughout the six days and and you're the only person maintaining it right so you know if you rip a radiator off you know you got to come to the next check and make sure you got her buttoned up what's the gnarliest thing you've done in a work area me um i think the gnarliest thing i've done is I broke, uh, I, I, something happened, my, my forks came apart on, uh, I think in Sardinia in, uh, 2014, but that was before the last day, it happened on day five, and, uh, I ended up, luckily we found a spare set of forks to just toss on the bike to put into impound that night, and then the next morning switch the forks back out, and, sh- or I had to change the tires, swap the forks. And, uh, that's then, a pretty big job. Yeah, it's not it's not not easy for sure, but it was better than a shock. Like if something were to happen to a shock, dude, <laughs> well, I, think, I had a shock in the morning period. I don't think in I Sardinia. could do a shock like in the time. <laughs> it was the time close. Allowed. Well, what happened to me was my shock blew the the day before. We knew at the end of the day, but there's no way I could do a shock and two tires, oil filter, all yeah, that so stuff. You had to do it in the morning. Yeah, so we get to the morning. I do the shock. Uh, on the Honda, it was quite easy to do. A, a little bit easier than than what it is now. Um, but I go to put the last bolt in the number plate, and it snapped. And it's the one down by your foot, so I needed it to be in there. Yeah. So in this 10-minute work period, I've done a shock, and I'm like, you know, i got like three minutes to go, and I'm pumped. Break a bolt off, and then I have to get at, get that out, get on the podium, and or put one in, get on the podium, and then go. And I made it, but it was tight. Yeah, I'm sure you're freaking out if oh, I that guy. Drama all around. Oh, my God, the world's ending. <laughs> you don't want to drop a minute, man. Yeah. Come on. Um, what about how many more years are you gonna more years are you gonna race uh, until you start racing? Until I start racing? Dang, dude! No, I don't know. I I there a couple of years ago I would have said you know I probably I'd probably be done around this time. But like I like I said I keep I keep getting a little bit better and I see improvement and I keep 
I'm having more fun with it now. Um, just by coming down here and, you know, riding with you guys, like I really enjoy it and it's, it's time well spent. And, uh, and I just want to, I, I, I'm getting old enough now to appreciate the, the opportunities given to me right. and I, and I don't want to, you know, 10 years from now, I don't want to be like, man, what if I would have just rode another three years yeah. or two years or see what, see what could have happened. So I, you know, I'm. 29 and i would say you know rodney smith went until he was 40 which i don't think that's possible for me <laughs> at at the way we're going now but i would say you know 35 36 i i could i probably still be at, sort of at the peak of what i'm capable yeah. of you think I feel you can like. be competitive or close to where you are now yeah at 35 or 36 that's pretty impressive i, I didn't think you would say that long i thought you would have said maybe two or three more years <laughs> yeah i mean the money's pretty good too, so okay, I, I can't. Okay. I, I understand. I totally. Get I can't. That. I can't. I can't give up. Uh, I just can't let it go. Not what yet. about uh, after racing? Yeah, I don't know. I've. That's you know. It's, it's uh, for me. It still seems like it's a ways to go. Which, right. In all reality, I'm going to turn around tomorrow, and it's going to be there. So, yeah. but uh, I'm not sure. I've. I'm sure i've got plenty of opportunities uh with uh my family and their business and you know helping helping out with that um but but honestly i i don't have anything like set in stone or like oh i got it's got to be this way you know i'm just gonna kind of let it develop into what it is and i'd still like to be active for a few years on a bike maybe and maybe be a test rider for the off-road team and just do stuff like that and just try to stay relevant for as long as possible on a motorcycle and you know I've, whatever happens happens yeah that's, i think that's a good attitude i i'm more like uh kind of need to know you know a couple years down the road you, you gotta know, you gotta have your stri- structure you know? so uh you gotta, but, you gotta have the the yearly schedule already planned out yeah now. you know alvin gives me my my whole year on on like january 1st yeah the whole schedule in a notebook <laughs> no i'm just kidding um but I, I respect that approach. Like, I wish I could be a little bit more like that, like, uh, loose-ended, you know, past next week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm I'm that type of person. Like, I've become a little bit less of that person, but I've always just been fly-by-your-seat kind of guy. Like yeah. I said, especially five, six years ago, I was even worse. But, like, when you sit me down and, like, give me a schedule, I get stressed out. Like, <laughs> looking at the schedule, I'm like, I, I literally do. I, like, I, I, can't, I can't focus. I, I get like nervous about it and like i don't know why 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 or what maybe it's lack of discipline in certain areas of my life but i feel like i'm pretty disciplined but uh you throw a schedule in front of me and it's just like you want me to do what (laughs) that's one of my favorite things about working without and is getting the schedule because then i know exactly what i have to do every day i can plan my whole week and we're good to go yeah and, and and for me once i get home like I, I don't have the facility around me or the tracks, so I think that's one of the things that stri- I don't or practice bike mechanic. I, I get so spoiled when I come down here because yeah. I got a guy that preps preps my bike. I show up at the track or I show up outings in the morning. We go on a bike ride, but yeah, so ev- so everything's just right there, you know, provided for for you or for for myself when I'm down here. And when I get home, like I'm my practice bike mechanic. I'm the track prepper if it something needs prepped. I'm the uh, the washer, you know, the, my own trainer. You know, I go on Langos with me cycling sometimes here and there. But, but yeah, it's just so much added work on top of it when you don't have 
uh, people around to help you out or know where you're going to ride at, uh, it, it becomes tough. Especially like if I got to load up to go ride somewhere, like that's pretty much all I'm going to be able to do that day. Right, that's a whole day. Gone. Yeah, you know, I load up in the morning, take off, go ride. I come so back. So then, if you don't get bike. it done, it feels like you failed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You see, like what all is like on the schedule, and you're like. Yeah, it just becomes like a headache. So I, I, I like stress out over that because I know how hard it's going to be, I think, in a sense, to like be able to complete an entire day of what's on that list. Right, yeah, I understand. Like if you don't have everything right For us, there. it's all laid out, and you know we have the same guys every week, same yep. same track, same drive to the track, you know, all that stuff. So I can understand that. All right, let's take some listener questions. <laughs> have you ever thought of doing a hare and hound? Um, hare and hound, you know, I've thought about it, but... It just, it's definitely, like I said, I've done the couple of big sixes, and uh, I was supposed to do the whole year, but I ended up getting hurt there. Uh, but those are fast enough for me. I can't imagine, like, just bonsaiing through the desert and just busting through bushes. Because at least at the big six, like, it's a dozer or two dozer widths wide. So at a, you know, at a hare and hound, you're just buzzing bushes, and I just... The start's insane. The start is just turns me right off. Yeah, that's, me that's, too. A, that's enough to say, ah, I'm good, you know? That question was from Zachary Kramer, and this one is too. Um, when training for a GNCC, do you do any mock races for three hours at a track pace similar to a GNCC with a gas pit and everything, or do you just stick to skills drills and shorter rides? Yeah, definitely never. I've never done a three-hour practice session yeah. in my entire life done a two-hour practice session and uh, i still do like in the winter i do hour motos uh down at my place and in the sand so that's our woods motos not like sand track motos but and an hour is about all i got that i can give it my all for the whole time and keep focus so yeah it's physically impossible because when you practice you don't have the same adrenaline, right. the same focus. It's it's a lot different. It'd be impossible and just a waste of you'd just be burning gas yeah. doing a three hour ride. <laughs> um, this one's from Stephen Brady. What is the change? What is he changing in his program to combat the latest surge by Thad at the GNCCs? Um, you know Thad's always been good, and uh, you know he it was we're like the Villapoto Alessi show yeah. like on all honesty we really are because you know as an amateur like I said back in the day like I wasn't very good he just he whacks me all the time like as an amateur and then uh, once we both got in the pro ranks it's just been vice versa rolls yeah. reverse so um, I'm not really doing anything specific to uh, to stay in front of him you know I just keep doing me and focusing on what I can do and um, I found that when, when you start worrying about what you can't control, um, it'll uh, make you insane. So yeah, you just got to do you and focus on what you can control, and that's yourself and what you're doing, do, doing during the week. So, All right. Skosh, accessories for life. Listen, guys, their slogan sums it up. They are accessories for your life. I use the Magic Mount vent clip every day, boom bottle all the time, go bat when we're traveling. Whatever it may be, the functionality and durability of these products is second to none. That's why myself and Rockstar and J Husqvarna Factory Racing choose Skosh. Accessories for life. Check them out at Skosh, S-C-O-S-C-H-E dot com. This one's from uh, Chet Maurer. Chet Maurer, sorry. Uh, did you always plan on being an off-road guy, or did you plan? Did your plans change at some point? I guess you kind of answered that. Yeah, I sort of answered that, but yeah, I just, like I said, I was always around the off-road races, and I'd, I just wanted to race a motorcycle in the long run. It didn't really matter what it was, but 
uh, growing up. You know, if you're growing up around a baseball field, you're probably not going to be a football player. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's MX Squid 153, uh, Robbie Renner. Um, how good of an off-road rider would Zach Osborne be if he didn't focus on moto and focused on the trails? Um, I would say Zach would be a really good off-road rider because uh, especially, you know, you know, back in the day, probably not so much. <laughs> but uh, nowadays, Zach would be a tough dude to beat once he figured it out for sure. He's you're tenacious and uh you just you just have the drive and the work ethic and the discipline to you know to succeed so you're not you're not the type of guy that's going to settle and be be you know content just riding around and being another guy out there you're going to be want to be towards the front is in everything you do so yeah you definitely succeed for sure if you put your focus to it thank you you probably believe in me and my skills a little more than i do (laughs) um this one's from sam hall uh what are your race day meals uh, race day meals. Um, I'm a pretty light eater. I should probably eat more, but every time I do, I end up chunking it up on the first lap. So I'm with you. I struggle so hard on race day. To yeah, eat. I um, this year I changed it up in Florida and I ate a little bit heavier than I normally would, and for sure I just I threw it up on the second lap. I just, just got heavy in my stomach and the heat and everything got to me and just launched it. But yeah, I usually start out in the morning. I eat. Uh, two things of oatmeal and then uh, i usually take like four or five boiled eggs with me on the track walk and i munch on those and um i come back and i have a sandwich and uh that's pretty much it and you know maybe maybe some fruit i always like to eat oranges and and stuff on the starting line just kind of like the acidic in it kind of helps settle your stomach i feel like so uh, just some fruit and but yeah that's basically it you know oatmeal do you, some do you eat eggs. anything while you're racing like gel or no. just your bottles yeah just just my bottles and uh, all I have in my bottles is mind effects and just water in my camelback I you know after being down here with Alden for you know the last several years and um I've never really put anything in my camelback to begin with I used to take uh some hammer nutrition products like yeah. while I race but um yeah, I've never really could tell like if they helped me or, or any anyway. So, out and it's like super against anything and everything as yeah. you know. And um, I tried it that way, and it seems to seem to be doing fine. I really, I we train and we're in shape enough and hydrated enough to where you you really don't need to rely on anything. I, I don't feel like so it seems to work for me. Yeah. Um. Same same dude asked another question. Sam Hall, uh, what is the hardest part about your race day? Uh the last lap <laughs> no yeah it's definitely the uh i feel like there's a different part of your mind for the end of a gncc like you just you learn a lot th- a lot about yourself in the last yeah you minutes. just you just you got to shut your mind off like you just can't think you, you, you start thinking and you, it goes downhill you know you, you get the wrong swing thoughts in there and it just it just doesn't happen but you know i i literally i i I, I feel like I go to a place where I get so focused that I can't remember anything on the, like the last two laps, last lap and a half. Like yeah. if I'm in a battle or like super focused, like I just uh, just got you know 45 minutes of memory loss once yeah. I get back. No, I, I mean, get that. It's like a zone, it, like it, a, it's a, a zone. slow state. Yep. You you get there and you just you're literally your 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 brain's on, but nobody's home. Like you mm-hmm. just your eyes wide open, mouth open, and you're just like muscle memory muscle memory and zoned in and just suffering yeah um randy morton asks uh any plans to race another national motocross if so if you could pick any track which one would it be um 
Yeah, I, I would love to race some more. We're working on it, <laughs> trying to, and um, just got to get the OKs from some people and make sure I can do the motos to my the best of my ability. But um, if I could pick a track, um, it really doesn't really matter to me. I like obviously the East Coast tracks would suit me the best. Yeah, I if I were to go out west, I'd wouldn't do so hot uh just the type of terrain it is and just not being used to it and the way they get like square edge and like they look like there's traction but i know there's not right. like it's you know slippery like i'm not i don't excel in those types of conditions i'm more of a you know long rut uh techie technical you know soft terrain type of type of rider so definitely any east coast track all right um surf rat glass asks top three most memorable races um my top three would definitely be my very first championship uh gncc championship in 2013 at ironman uh there was charlie charlie mullins and myself uh we were separated by you know three or four points as a winner take all affair and um i had gotten beat in the previous situation by paul wibley the year before that so i knew what losing felt like at the last race and i didn't want it had to happen again and him and i just battled it to the the better end and um i came out on top i was able to pull away there on the like last lap and a half he made a mistake on a hill and I had like 15 to 20 second lead, and I just, like I said, I went into that zone out mode where I don't remember anything in the last two laps. Just a complete blank from that race, but that was definitely one. Then my second one would be winning the, uh, uh, 2014 uh, at Ironman on a 150. That was really cool. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so I took the 152 stroke, um, raffled it off for Rory Mead, uh, one of my friends that got paralyzed that earlier that year in a racing accident. And uh, we raised a whole bunch of money for him, and then I was able to actually go and win on the bike. So that, that was, was really special. And um, then, obviously, last year, Unadilla, you know, uh, the motocross race, six overall or six in the first moto and run running in the top three is absolutely insane like it's a lifelong goal to just ride like be able to race on a motocross track like right. at a competitive level and then let alone like being the being 450 a, class right 450 up front. class in a podium position like yeah i was stoked for you and i was, was like i was, was insane i was if i had a redo button i feel like i definitely could have been i'm not gonna say i would have beat Phil on the day for third overall, but I felt like I should have been like fourth or fifth overall on the day. And um, yeah, I'd do a little, a few things different and, you know, not ride so nervous and like hung up that first moto. I was like, I seen I was in third and I was literally like, I was like, so I was freaking out inside. Like, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is not real. Like, and I just like, I really like, I got clammy and choked, but uh, I just got tight and just tensed up. And it was like three laps ago. I was like, Phew. I'm sure there will be more opportunities. Yeah, maybe none quite as good as that one. But, but. <laughs> Earlier, I asked a question, and the guy's name was uh, Brian Sutherland. I don't know if I, I threw his name out there. Uh, he was asking, please ask KR to explain the similarities and differences between training and racing for GNCC versus motocross. So, thank you guys for submitting questions. I appreciate it, Caleb. Uh, at the end of each podcast, I do ten questions. They're just fun personality questions. Right. Um, guilty pleasure food. Alvin's not listening. Uh, <laughs> guilty pleasure food. Um, you know, I'm a garbage disposal man. I don't really have like any one go-to thing. I just like if it looks good, I'm probably eating it. 
All tacos, right. though. I tacos? Like tacos. Yeah. Um, if you could travel anywhere, where would you go? Um, I would probably have to say... Man, that's a tough question because there's so many cool places to like go and check out. Yeah. But um, I like anywhere tropical. Okay. Like it just puts me in the mood. All right. Um, biggest pet peeve? Man, I don't know. I think uh, being late, like when people are late. People like, are late. Yeah, that's okay. that's a pet peeve for me because I'm like I try really. Or it, when my, my my wife always like takes a little while to get going, I'm like hey, we need to leave by like now. And then, like, it's, like, now plus two minutes later. And you're freaking but, out? Yeah. I, I, that's the only thing that I that I get in a little bit of a tizzy about is, like, when I say I'm going to be somewhere some, at some time, like, damn it, I'm going to be there. Yeah. All right. I like that. My, wife's, my wife is you in this situation. Really? Um, I, I used to be the plus ten minute yeah. but I've gotten a lot better. Um, any other talent or skill you could have other than being a dirt bike racer? Um, golf, golf, that for sure. I'd really being a, a professional golfer. would be. You're pretty you know, dang pretty, good as it is. I, I mean, I'm okay. I'm. I wouldn't say pretty dang good. I'm okay. I can be okay. I can be good. And I can be better, and I can be worse on some days. You know, that's golf. <laughs> that I think that's for everyone. I, yeah, the more sure. I watch golf, I'm like, mm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I could hit that shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thing you're the worst at. Um, guitar. Guitar? Yeah. Yeah, but you play pretty good. I've seen you. Yeah, but out of all my hobbies, that's what I'm... That's, your I'm, worst that's one. my worst one. All right. Then you're the best at other than your job. Um, I don't know. Uh, probably, I'd have to say, it probably would be golf. Golf? Yeah. Um, boxers or briefs? Briefs. Um, travel back in time or forward in time to any event, what would it be? Travel back in time to Unadilla okay. last year. <laughs> Dang, that's pretty good. All right, music genre. Um, I like you know anything. I, I'm not picky. Like I listen to all music. There's a lot of stuff that I don't like, but uh, I listen to. Uh, you know, I, I like to play guitar, so I, I like the you know, broad variety of music. So reggae, rock, punk rock, anything. rap. Yeah, just pretty much you know anything that has a good tune and uh, you know it's kind of catchy i like it all right i need a quote my quote yep quote to live by what the mind can her shit well how's it go what the mind can no what the mind can conceive we'll and get believe it. the mind will achieve there you go i like it all right dude uh thank you so much for doing this i've enjoyed it it's been a, a really good talk um it's always easy to talk someone to someone you know well um, you'll go home today with some Skosh stuff. Um, Ooh. It's a really sweet little bag of goodies from them. And, uh, yeah, thanks for doing it. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's bright and early, dude. Later.